Hello, Blood Bowl Grud here. Now I'm here to introduce you to the Tier 3 podcast. The podcast that has done for Blood Bowl what Nurgle's Rot has done for the sex lives of Pestigores. Enjoy! Hello everybody and welcome to the show. It is the horse that needs no introduction. And this week I am with... Beard, Beard, say hello. How you doing, everyone? Well, there you go, he's enthusiastic and always. So then, guys, this month we are hoping to bring you news on Nurgle and how we would set up a team for a league. Beard has his Kickstarter corner, which I believe he's got a few things coming our way, and we can also talk about upcoming Grebo and Hogs of War Kickstarters that we've uh, had news about. Also, we've got some games played, I would say, on Fumble that we can talk about. And end of the show, Beard's taking it over with the Hobby Essentials. So, I think that's enough of an introduction. I think that's more of an introduction than I normally do in a Beard. I think it is. So, let's uh, get on the show. And Beard, how have you been this month, my man? Not too bad. Not too bad. I've been doing a lot of overtime with work, so I ain't got as much hobby done as I wanted. Got a little bit further with my um, my cone team. I've got a lot more of them sort of undercoated to a point where I'm happy to start putting first layers of paint on. Um, I'm experimenting with a couple of uh, army paint and metallic coppers and uh, bronzes to achieve the, the looks I'm, I'm aiming for. What about you? Well, I've had, I've had a little bit of an interesting month. I've had a little bit of problem with the last episode, which people have heard our recording which I am really ashamed that we had to put it out in that standard but I've kind of thought of a couple of ways where we can move forward so we try and do things out now but I've done a few things I've made my own carry cases which I thought was a good investment which I used the really useful boxes and magnetic sheets. With that, I have managed to make four carry cases that's going to hold, I think that's going to hold all my Blood Bowl teams and future Blood Bowl teams. Also, I'm going to use that for my Warcry stuff as well. I'm still on hold with Element Games because they are holding back friggin' a stack of paints that I needed for the Black Orc team. So I've had to put that on hold. So I've gone into my uh, pile of pledge and I've decided to get on with my Warcry uh, warband. So for Warcry, I've decided to do Demons of Corn. This month then, I have painted three Bloodletters, a Flesh Hound, and I built and base-coated a Blood Crusher, which I'm going to turn into the Skull Crusher, which is going to have the Herald on it, so he's going to be my leader. And then I've got, what was it? I got one more Flesh Hound to make, and then I got one more Blood Crusher to make, and then that's my warband done. So then I and get on with the rest of my pledges. Sounds like you've done a lot more than I have, to be honest. Once I now I've got my evenings back, I've had the mojo to paint. I just haven't had the time to paint. Um, so now I've, now, now I've got my evenings back. I'm I'm going to be on it with the painting. I've said to myself I'm going to paint at least two or three nights every week. And now that I've got all of my weekends back as well, I'm going to do a bit on weekends. I've got a few different things as palette cleansers, which is something I want to talk about when we do the hobby essentials a bit later. Because I think that's quite important having something just to like change things up. So if you're painting a big back log of one colour. Nice just to break it up a bit with something else. But no, I, I, I think this month I'm really going to kick on with some of my pledges. I really want to get through some of mine now. Well, we'll see. We'll see when uh, we'd record, was it, April's episode and you tell me that you've done jack shit again, really, then, not I? So... Well, I'm, I'm hoping not to report that, but we'll see. Okay, okay. I, I can see. 
oh, I'd done overtime and I'm knackered for about a month and I'd rather fall asleep in front of the telly with my hands down my kegs. Well, that photo wasn't supposed to make it public, right? But <laughs> you, you know what Joe's like. You you and Griff had a good old laugh at that, didn't you? Oh, she was legendary. I loved her for her. She, she knew exactly the audience it was going to. She's felt so embarrassed since that went out. She said didn't mean for that to be the case, but it is what it is. Oh, I tell you what, but <laughs> we, we caught you. Monitor practically up to your face watching Pornhub. And, you know, that was in the living room. If you've got a monitor that size, why not Why not make most of it now as close as possible? Like, you know, wipe clean porn. Dude, that thing was so big, you didn't need it that close. You could have, <laughs> you could have seen that across the room without your glasses on. Fucking huge. You you aren't seeing my eyesight without glasses, mate. No, but on other news as well, we have now become part of the Fumble crowd, haven't we? We have. I wouldn't say we've had games on Fumble. I'd say we've had a Fumble on Fumble. Yeah. Let's get ready to Fumble. Yeah, fumble in the jungle. The fumble down under. I, I can't, I can't get fumble in Manila. It don't work. Exactly. No, we've um, we've had a few games. We realise how shit we are at playing Blood Bowl, and I think we realise how much of a boomer we are as well, really. And oh yeah, players didn't have a clue, man. So we are hoping now going forward that we can stream that on Twitch. So if you want to see two idiots bumbling through a game, you know where to find us. Also on that, now we have been brave enough, now because we played full two games of Fumble, we've joined the Squad Chaos Champions League. Yep, so if you want to see somebody playing what could be a half-decent team get absolutely spanked, feel free to uh, join us. I don't know about you, for me, I've entered it as a case of, I've, A, I've not played Orcs before, but B, I want to get used to playing Fumble regularly because I don't know how much longer this lockdown is going to go on and not getting out much. So I want to play regularly online and I think for me, CCL on Blood Bowl 2 has just got a bit like... It's a bit toxic now. You either play against someone who just wants to kill your team for the sake of killing your team, or you end up against people who just play two things. You move two things and they quit because the ball didn't bounce where they want it, or as as I've had instances in the past. You play halflings, they have lizard men. A decent upskilled lizard men team, they quit as soon as you kick the ball. You spin again, you spin it at the same person, they comment and go, I hate halflings, and they quit again. And you spend 20 minutes waiting for games like that, and that's that just bugs the snot out of me. So I'm giving Fumble a go. Why have they got a chance to play then? If they're going to be pulling that shit all the time, why don't they just ever get dropped out of the thing? Why don't anybody ever make a complaint about them? You get five, uh, five concedes a season. And if you do more than five, you get banned that season. I think the season at the next CCL that starts, I think it's six or it's three or something like that. There's, there's another one where if you do so many concedes again, you get banned from that and another season. So there is something on there that does it. but it, And it's all it's all checked by admins. But like when you wait in 20, 25 minutes for games on there and that's what you mm. get, like it's just a bit toxic. From like yeah, I've but... watched a few games on Fumble while I've been working, just add them on, and I've seen the chats that people have, and it's just like, you know what, this seems a lot more laid back than than CCL. So don't get me wrong, the graphics are nowhere near as nice, but I can I feel like I can learn the game a bit better, especially with the newer rules, because you know it's been I think I had one game in like September. Prior to that, I think it was about this time last year when we had a game in person. So I think mm. for me, Fumble is going to be a nice way to start playing regularly again. Yeah, yeah. And- 
and we've had two good games so far, haven't we? So what was it? The first game yeah. was Orcs versus Dwarves, and because I didn't know how to pass, we've kind of drew the game. But then I decided, ah, oh, you know what? I'm gonna try Lizardmen, and just don't know what the fuck happened in that game. But dice did dice things. Let's put it that way. Five removals in the first five turns. Four turns. I couldn't get over the fact that you, you well, your dice decided you were was it you going to be dead turn two because you rolled a double skull, double skull, and the thing just fucking exploded. Pretty much. Well, and that was the whole game then, and I just felt bad, because it was like, ah, oh, I, I, I wanted to win, but like, this is going to piss people off now. I'm one of these players. I'll win, and the only thing I'll apologise for is I don't want to be tackling somebody, and they're going to be out for two or three games, or they're going to have a stat thing, I'd rather have them tackle, and just off that game. I, do, I don't yeah. like um, when you tackle them and they're dead, and that's when I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry, but I know there's people out there that are like, you don't play Blood Bowl if you're going to apologise. Don't fucking apologise. It winds me up. I'm just like, well, fuck you then. You obviously don't know where uh, British decorum then, do you? <laughs> exactly. I, funnily enough, I saw a thread about this on uh, on the Blood Bowl community Facebook pages probably yesterday or the day before. And it was the response was exactly that. I'm British. I apologise because something didn't go right that affected your enjoyment of the game. And yeah. I kind of agree with that. But at the end of the day, it's Blood Bowl. It happens. You know, a lot of games, I find you learn better when you're playing at a disadvantage because you have to come up with something rather than just sort of, oh, look, I'm in a good position. I'll just keep my good position. I won't have to do anything to actually earn the win after I've got a bit of fortune. So I find yeah. that, you know, yeah, you might be a player or two down, but when you have a player or two down, you have to start thinking, right, I've got to play aggressively. Uh, you said you have problems with CCL. I'm coming to the end of my NBP Pro League, and I'm sit in the bottom quarter. I'm not quite last place. I think I'm, I think I'm about five from the bottom but I've been playing teams where dice have gone nowhere near my way on them and then my last game I'm going to be playing is against Orcs and I know the guy has got maxed out Black Orcs and Blitzers so I can't really see see a goblin left alive at the end of it but it's my last game so I don't really care anymore i've i've realized that uh skaven and goblins are not for me because i just couldn't do anything with them and obviously my play style needs to improve before i ta- tackle them again but so it's a learning curve and i enjoyed it i think i might be trying necromantic next or lizardman you know i thought i'd expand the repertoire other than halflings and ogres ogres is fucking as well as killer when i play them because like i've spent two games online playing against my mates and i think i've played in the two games i had four turns where i was actually able to play the full team instead of just one player and the rest of them having bonehead i've seen i've seen games like that it's it's difficult to watch never mind play yeah two games on the trot i had that i even had like a couple of turns where it was like i couldn't move any of them i had to try and fill the gaps with hobgoblins and it ain't gonna work are we you don't use your squishy players to do all the big tackles and that's what i had to do i died a lot so like, like you said, it's a learning curve. We don't exactly. learn if we don't try. Well, exactly. Um, if we, we're tryers, if nothing else, really, don't we? Exactly. Your missus told me how much of a tryer you are. <coughs> anyway. So, I think we've uh, rambled on enough now. Right then, Beards, what have you got for us in Kickstarter Corner? Well, I've got a few different things this week. I've also got some updates on some that we've discussed previously as well. And I think you've got some for us as well that you've heard about. So, I'm going to start with some sideline models. 
So there's not many live Kickstarters at the minute. There are a couple coming, and there is one that we are going to talk about. But have a look at Chaos Pact Cheerleader Team Fantasy Football Stroke Blood Bowl. And these are mold cast resin or metal and or STL design. Basically, you can get yourself some Chaos Cheerleaders. And they're not bad either. They're really well made. They are. 18 euros gets you the STL. 25 euros gets you metal. And 27 gets resin. 35 you get digital. 38 you get metal and digital. It goes up a bit more with a few other pledges as well. Uh, if you pledge 300 euros, you get the license to print and commercialise any numbers you want. And these look absolutely amazing. They are think comic style pin-up girls like knee-high stiletto boots but with maces and they're cheerleaders they all look great they're, they're all individual they've done a high elf one before uh there's a couple of things on there such as a, a chaos star player a coach a stretch goals so it's not a bad little sideline thing i know there's not many places that do just sideline players mm. so this this caught my eye a little bit did this no i i realize i like these i have been debating on picking them up because they do look really good, but they all—they all look a little bit uh, Harley Quinn-esque, I, w- I would say. But if uh, if she was played by the right actress, but uh, no, they're really good. I do like them, and I do like the fact that you can have them in resin or metal. And even if you just want the SD file and you print off the models yourself, you've got the option for that. So they've been accessible for everybody that's in the community. And like you said, they are very individual as well. There's no two models of the same, which is always good when uh, you want to. Have of, uh, sideline staff and yeah i think they are very very nice they are um they're not a bad little uh, pitch side set i know a lot of kickstarters do come with sideline players so if you've got a chaos team that didn't get sideline players for or i know there are pin-up teams out there these would be a quite nice little add-on for them so the next next kickstarter i've got is uh one called tech towers and this is it's more aimed at sci-fi these are these are dice towers however there are a couple in there that i do feel would fit elf teams and that they'd also fit say some of the rock teams that we've come across before there's one that that's very tyranny looking there's there's other ones in there like there's one coming as a stretch goal which is they've labeled as a gothic dice tower which i think could work quite well with an undead or necromantic team so again dice towers a lot of people i know like dice towers especially if they've got custom pictures that they've had made and these these aren't bad these are stl files so you you print these yourself um and a lot of people into 3d printing these days they're worth a look there's currently six different designs at the moment there's a couple that i think one could work well with the slashy chaos team one that could work well with an elf team so if dice towers are your thing that's not a bad thing to look at that's a good good thing that is uh yeah you can individualize the game a bit more than just the team and the sideline staff yeah if you are into dice towers like uh beard he likes to get a bit of wood for dice towers i do head on over to kickstarter and uh join beard in frantically uh fap into bits of wood so beard you've got something else for kickstarter i have i've got i've got one last kickstarter that i picked up this month and this is another dice tower one it's wooden mdf dice tower i know a lot of people have got wooden mdf laser cut stadiums and boxes and cases and what have you now this one's a bit more fantasy themed so it's a bit more along blood bowl lines and they've even etched one with a dwarven shield on it one with what appears to be a tree of life so again it could be wood elves it could be amazon uh, they've got one with dragons on which again could be something chaosy they've got one that's just been engraved with wooden slats so it could fit nice easy in with the stadium itself and these are your standard 
3D laser cut dice towers. The actual tower itself folds at a 90 degree angle to fit into the tray. So it's nice and fold away. And these these are $39 for your dice tower, your tray, and it's, it's all fully assembled. And I'm, I'm really thinking about getting one of these because I could do with a dice tray because I tend to lose dice a fair bit. They've also got one in there for, for dreadnoughts and for rolling multiple dice for other games. And it is quite a bit larger than their standard tray. So there's that one in there if you like throwing a lot of dice. Not in Blood Bowl that you need to, but there is that as well. So I, you, you talked about me getting wood for dice towers. Well, here's some dice towers made of wood that have given me wood. The circle of life. Circle of life indeed. It's the circle, it's the circle of wood. It is, it is. Now, I, I've heard that you've uh, you've been getting excited about some Kickstarters. I have indeed, my son. I have indeed. You can't take over my corner, but go on. I've had the pleasure of talking to the Hogs Awards, the ones that we talked about, the Conquistadors previously, and how well made oh, yeah. the test models were. They are producing steampunk dwarves at the moment and as this goes out i've already put the pictures on instagram and twitter about uh, the models and they do look very well done who doesn't like steampunk dwarves i think they do look really really detailed considering they dwarves and most of it is beard is you know a lot of detail and the one thing i'm impressed with is the death roller on it because it's kind of got like this tractory old classic ford uh, type of aesthetic it looks like it could do some damage that's what you want from a death roller. Exactly. I think this could be a Kickstarter to look out for. So if you do like a steampunk aesthetic with uh, your dwarves or any type of models, hold your horses, guys. We will be talking about it in future episodes, but I thought I will give people a heads up on that. But also, this month, we've had an announcement from Grebo Games, who are also doing dwarves. At the moment, are doing a, was it, a pre-Kickstarter launch so at the moment if you sign into kickstarter and you click on the notify to start button they seem to be collecting people waiting for the kickstarter so it's unlocking a certain amount of models before anybody pledges to the actual project which i think is a nice touch and they've got a little bit of a difference on the uh on the uh, dwarf team because it looks like the death roll is a bit of a transformer on this one doesn't it have you seen the pictures of this it does it does i have i i really like this death roller and i like the fact that you can have it in two different styles as well which i'm sure you're going to go into and i think for me as a sort of person where when we've discussed about building rosters i like to have one of everything getting two death rollers just because they're slightly different styles well be rude not to wouldn't it it'd be rude too because you're a bit of a twat anyway well i'm not allowed to play both of them ah but, but i'm allowed to buy both of them no i'm not allowed to offend people but i still do so tough shit <laughs> what did i say earlier oh i'm sorry i'm sorry that i pointed out you're a twat no sidelined again sidelined just by calling you names no it's the death roll that has got that another well i wouldn't say steampunk it's a bit of old school like a you know like a fantasy golem type of feel to it but it's you can have it in two ways you can either have it as a death roller with a big chunky you know wheel of death on the front and a pilot in there or it's like a little dreadnought doesn't it it's you can either have it standing up with the arms out 
ready to punch someone. So it's a way of making your team unique. The other thing is, if you go into Grebo Games on Facebook, they're also running a painted dwarf team as well, where they've got an online paint palette, which you can use to paint up your dwarf, you know, while you're waiting for the Kickstarter to come live. So I hope people are checking that out. And I think that's about it. I think I've just got rumours and news and future updates in the waiting. But I haven't got anything from Kickstarter. Other than hold on to your hats, guys, because this looks like it's going to get interesting in the next couple of weeks. And that's me done. It does. Now, there is one more Kickstarter that I want to mention. And I hear you're going to be getting the inside scoop on this. This is one that we've mentioned before. It's the Serial Killers Fantasy Football Team from Black Wolf, uh, which is from our friends uh, Thor. Now, when this originally launched, he's had a lot of feedback regarding the options available, and he's he's taken that on board, slimmed them down, he's slightly changed the production process. They still look just as great, and rather than me stealing the limelight, if you do manage to have a chat with our good friend Thor, and uh, I'm sure he'll go into a bit more detail as it's his project, but that has relaunched as the Serial Killers Fantasy Football Team. So if that is your thing, have a look. I know he's been uh, chatting with a few people on Facebook about it, on Discord, so it is out there. It's a nice looking team it's something a bit different it's something a bit fun so yeah i'll i'll, uh, I'll leave you and, and thought to have that chat yeah well i can't wait to have a chat with him about it because it's an interesting concept but i've been following what black wolf has been doing with this from the time he's mentioned the re- relaunch on it he has managed to make the arms and legs modular so they fit most of the other men but you can set out players in different positions so we might think I want I don't know box of cornflakes where in a picture standing still you can have them running or catching a ball it's a very good idea to make that type of team unique and as i've said on these kickstarter corners that we have i do like a unique team i like one that if you go to a tournament it does stand out and i think if you turn up with the thor's team you are going to stand out because it's not a lot of people i think will have a, a serial killers box set straight away but yeah i i do like the team there's there's a it's one of those teams you want to laugh at and it's a serial killers team made from cereal the, the theme is there and it's it's gone all in oh yeah it, it works really well yeah and i like the fact that one of the pledge levels is you get it painted how you want so you can you can say do you know what i want my blitzers like as an example i want my blitzers done as pack of frosties because why the yeah. fuck not kill them with sugar isn't it? it's great yeah i i agree and i think this is one of those teams where you could turn up at a tournament you could be having the shittest tournament going the dice could be against you you see that set up against you in the next game and you're going to do nothing but laugh and giggle your way through a game at these because they look great oh yeah it just looks like a team where i don't want to see you can't take your blood ball seriously because you can but like you're going to enjoy your game a bit more because somebody else is also seeing the lighter side to the game bringing something along like this and i i like to say this is a team where a theme has been picked it's been stuck to and it does it looks great you know there's star players in there they various things like you say you're gonna get beaten to death by corn yeah literally not 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 the god corn by kernels of corn that's the thing i like about it is the fact that do you know when somebody goes oh how did the tournament go i got my team kicked to death by pack of cereal you know it's you've got to give that story to your friends and how would you t- how would you have a cereal how would, how would you have a miserable face saying that you had the shit kicked out of you by corn on the cob by by your breakfast exactly yeah it, it's a it's a really good idea 
and I do I do like it so I don't want to go too much into it because I want to I want to get uh, Thor here to talk about it so hopefully I can get that to happen and I think that's it Kickstarter Corner is now over isn't it that's Kickstarter Corner for this month but I'm going to ask you a quick question now a little bit of extra we have had recent releases now haven't we star players that are coming out we've had Half Height and the the Blood Bowl Widow we have what do you make of these models but do you feel that they are too they, they, they've gone too too much with the cartoony side or do you feel that they've kept an older aesthetic with it i think it's a mix i think the blood bowl widow that they've gone with does look very new necromantic rather than older model i'll be honest with my punga kickstarter i did pay for an extra sirene so i've got a, uh, a blood bowl widow so i won't need to be buying one but in terms of of the models i i think they look great as star players i think we've hit that point again where it's a case of they trimmed down the book so that there were only star players in there with rules that are going to have official models so i know you're holding your, your hopes up for a, an official rumble model which would be nice yeah because i've made my own rumble right and it's a hefty on a reaper miniature goat and it's it's not the best like you could see what i was going for with it you you know you go oh i see that it's supposed to be rumble it's a halfling on a goat but i want a proper one yeah i would like a good looking one i'm not going to say that the paint job is going to be any good on it but i want a good looking rumble not yeah not a just uh that'll do donkey that'll do but yeah that's that's fair i i get that i mean for me i enjoy the converting of aspect of the hobby as well with other ranges so for me like there's a couple of kickstarters that i've been on and one of them where I've ordered some Chaos Dwarfs. I've ordered extras so that I can make some form of star players or some form of coaching staff just because. Because I like that side of the, that side of the hobby. So I think for me, I probably won't be picking up the GW star players. Again, they're not star players I use very often and they're not for teams that I have. So I think possibly for me, not in this instance, but I do like that they are bringing out star players now. I like that we're starting to see them more than just, oh look, there's Griff, there's Morgan Thorg. Fuck Morgan Thorg. By the others. As, as you have to get in every episode, fuck Morgan Thorg. Fuck him, fuck him in his ugly um, asshole. But no, I, I, I think it's nice they are bringing out more more, more star players and I, I like to think, as we've said before, with newer Spike books, we might get some of the star players back or new star players when we get teams in Spike. So that would be quite a nice thought as it gives you something else to buy spike for think, oh great there's new star players and you can only find the rules in spike so i think that's quite nice what about you what do you think about these new models well to be honest i like half i think he he's captured spot on is exactly how when you look at his artwork i think he's been captured really well the zort guy i'm on the fence for because i think it was a good concept but the model didn't come out out as it should and they've set it up on a, on a weird frame an angle where he seems to be like jumping on his front feet and the rest of him seems to be up in the air i don't know what the fuck he's trying to do is he supposed to be stamping on someone is as he leapt over someone i'm not sure so in that instance i'm not convinced but I will say, as an alternative, Grebo do their do their own uh, Zort, which I think is called the Last, and he is very well done. He looks threatening and he looks a menace. I do like that. But the one that really leaves me confused is Gretchen, because I think the model itself looks nice. But would I ever use it? And I think there's going to be a lot of people that would have that model just to paint. I don't think there's a lot of people that would feel it because. 
she's if I remember rightly there's no hands and she's not that not the best as like say a designated blitzer so I don't know I think she was a cool concept but oh I don't know yes she was a cool concept but she could have probably done without I'd be nasty she could have done without being there in my eyes I could be wrong there could be people that are you know looking to field her and I hope they do get in contact with us and yeah I think that's everything from this now so we're gonna go to a break and when we come back we're gonna talk Nurgle and everything pustule pestilent and you know how to set up a league with them so we'll see you after the music And welcome back, guys. I hope uh, everyone enjoyed the new music for the break. And I have got a special segment now because I am with everyone's favourite threadball organiser, <laughs> the man that has kept it going for quite a number of years before sharing the responsibility with his squad chaos friends. It's Thor. Thor, do you want to say hello? Hello, hello. How are you all doing? Awesome, buddy. So uh, you've got a lot going on at the moment. You're a busy bee. You're yeah. <laughs> you've got Threadball going, and you've got uh, Kickstarter going. So what's what's life being a superstar going like? <laughs> well, I, I, I like to keep myself busy. Um, devil makes work for idle hands and all that. And for the well, since mid October, I've not been able to do what my uh, one of my passions is is painting. And so because of that, I've been keeping busy with other things. Uh, and that's mainly Threadball and my Kickstarter, which I've got uh, re-released last Monday, and, and both both of them were released on the same day as well. Uh, it also happens to be the same day that I started my new job uh, for my for my day job. So, yeah, it's been an interesting week. <laughs> yeah, you you were right, didn't it? You don't like to sit idle. No, so, not at all. In case there is somebody new to the Blood Bowl community and has never heard of Thor. I don't know how we could ever hear a thought. Do you want to give us a little bit of background on yourself? So um, I came into the football community in 2015. Uh, I went down to a th- uh, to a football. I'd, I'd done some painting uh, for their charity auction for a few years. Um, and then it just came about that I was free on the weekend, went down, had an absolute blast, played my first ever tabletop tournament, or first ever tabletop game as the first game at the tournament. I played against a guy called uh, VM Cap, uh, Val uh, from 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 London, he taught me a load of stuff. Uh, I then, in my second game, I played against Glowworm, uh, the, my first introduction to the man that legend himself, and had an absolute ball of a game. Um, I was using dwarfs; he had goblins, and I pitch cleared him twice. And he still says it's one of the one of the one of his most favourite games he's ever had of Blood Bowl. It was it was brilliant, and I knew after that game I, I was set on on Blood Bowl being the game that I played. Fast forward a couple of years, I'm now. I, was, I then started running Threadball. Uh, the guy who who run it stepped back, and I was asked to to step in uh, with a couple of other guys. And then uh, in 2019, I set up Black Wolf Painting Studio. So I've, I've always done a bit of commission painting just for friends, um, and it started getting to the stage where I had to start turning into a, a professional business. So so that's what I did. I, I set Black Wolf Painting Studio up, and I'm, I'm personally I'm trying to do a painting challenge. Uh, so most people, uh, have, you, have you heard of the doing the 26 or doing the 29 as it will be with Blood Bowl 2020 Returns to the Tabletop? Have you heard of that? No, no, I have not. So doing the 26, used to be the 24, was doing a tournament 
with every single race that, that you used to be able to do. Now, there was 24 races, and it was up to 26 with Bretonians and Corn, and it's going to be 29 when the uh, when you take out Bretonians because they no longer exist, but add in Nobility, Blackhawks, Snotlings, and Old World Alliance. So yeah, I, I, it might shoot up soon, but because i got a feeling there's going to be other teams... Uh, oh, without a shadow okay. of a doubt. I completed the 26. I got um, you got some nice patches from the NAF, which they've, they've now stopped doing. And I was like, okay, what 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 can I do as my next challenge? What what, what would push myself? Now I, l- I looked at the records and I had 13 best painted races uh, trophies with different races. So ooh, okay. So I I, I asked um, Mike uh, San0638, who's who's like the NAF record keeper, and said, has anybody ever won a best painted trophy with every single race? And he was like, no. So like, oh, okay, that sounds like a a decent challenge. And before COVID hit. I was three races away from completing it. Bloody hell, bud. Yeah, so I, I, was, I was on 23 out of 26, and then they've now released another four races, which I'm going to have to do. So I've gone from needing three more to needing seven more. But I'll, I'll get there. But yeah, so that that, that helped me develop Black Wolf as well, because as much as I was painting for myself, I was painting for other people, and that's helped me develop my painting style. And I started getting really interested in miniature design. Um, I've got a couple of friends who do who do molding and casting and stuff like that and, and sculpting. So I thought I'd uh, I'd try my hand at, at designing a team and releasing it through Kickstarter. And that's that's the stage right now. We we tried to release it last year. COVID had a, a massive impact on it. So the, the team that we we've released is called the Serial Killers. It's uh, a Demons of Corn team based on the the corn pun. So there's four different positionals. Uh, the the Pit Fighters are, are little popcorn men. The Bloodletters are Coblets, so like like corn on the cob. The heralds of corn are ears of corn with husks and everything, and the bloodthirster is a box of cornflakes. Uh, it's it's just meant to be a bit of fun, bringing the, some of the fun back to Blood Bowl, because uh, I know quite a few people have said that the modern iteration of the game doesn't quite seem as as loony and fun as it used to be. No, there seems to be an aspect of well, I well I don't know whether it's because a lot of people has played it online now as well as on tabletop because uh, i know ccl has a lot of problems at the moment where people and uh, people are uh, trying to game the actual encounters with the with other players to make sure that they get low ranking players in and i know there's people pushing the nth degree on the most optimized list which i think okay if that's how you want to play that's fine but i know there's a lot of people in my area because you've got me who played well nearly two years of halflings there's one of the guys that have played two years of goblins and i think he's looking to do his second or third goblin team and we've both said that we want to do snotlings as well so nice. that's going to be fun so it's just because we want we'd like the wacky side of it if we can sit at a table and we're having a laugh the whole way through and it doesn't feel like somebody's like trying to push the rules Mm-hmm. To try and get one. We think it's a good, we think it's a good uh, start, and I think uh, what was he? He was talking about uh, it was a, a My Little Pony Goblins team that came out a couple of years ago. Then he was thinking yeah, yeah. to do it. He, like you know, we like we like to see a bit of fun. And me and Beard have spoken about this before the uh, the serial killers, and yeah, it is. A, it looks a lot of fun because like like we said earlier in the podcast, can you imagine being at a tournament? You got a face to your team. And there's some really good corn players out there, and they stomp you with corn. And you've got to go back to your friends. You've got to go. I got stomped by a packet of cornflakes. You know, it's and it's that fun conversation you can have afterwards as well. And so I think it's amazing, and they look fantastic. Thank you. But 
I'm going to take a little bit of your thunder by hand now because I'm going to lead you to another question because I saw a little video that you put up on Black Wolf which mm-hmm. was on Facebook and I believe that we can also get you on Instagram as well. Yep, Black Wolf's on Instagram and my personal Twitter is, uh, is where I post a lot of my, my Black Wolf painting stuff as well. We could ask the guys that listen to follow you if they don't follow you already because you are an amazing painter. Thank you very much. But we saw that you had a video showing about how modular the arms and legs were. Yeah, so I've noticed a lot of the Kickstarters that are coming out these days are monopose miniatures. I don't know whether it's the Games Workshop effect because they like doing the monopose figures. I personally love to customise, convert and play around with the figures to make them mine. So when, when I was designing these figures and I worked with the sculptor who, who sculpted it all, he's also the guy who sculpted the Iron Golem halflings um, and he's got a couple of other teams or teams that he sculpted are coming out soon as well through through various other different places, including Hogs of War, the new steampunk dwarves that they, they've been they're releasing. I don't know whether you've seen yes. them. So it's, yeah, it's so you all, see them, they're looking really yeah. good. So It's all the same sculpt, uh, a brilliant guy called Stavros. Can't can't recommend him them, uh, enough if you want a figure sculpted for your tournament or whatever. Go speak to him. So yeah, he um, we were talking. I was like, okay, I want to make these as unique as possible. So with the legs and the arms. So each model will come with a set of legs and two sets of arms. So you've got open hands or closed hands. So you've got different options of whether you want one hand open, one hand closed, two open, two closed, etc. But it's a it's like a ball and socket joint. So you basically you can put the arm into the socket. And put it in any which direction you want. Because they're made of resin as well, um, you can trim them so you can make them really small. So say you wanted to take this team and turn it into a lizardman team, for example. You could turn the popcorns to be really small to represent skinks um, or halflings or whatever you want. If you are brave enough, you could even use the hot water or the um, or the hairdryer method of being able to bend the resin as well. So you basically apply heat to it and you can slowly bend it and, and reposition the arms. So there's loads of different options of what you can actually do with the team. They, they are your canvas to do what you like. And, and that's one of the things that I love about it. I know one of the backers currently of the Kickstarter as well. He's he's bought fi- uh, the five team option. Never. Because he, yeah, because he wants to use it as a 40k army. Oh no, see it. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. So so he's going to use it as as a a, a 40k corn army. Like that, that's that's a really clever way of doing it. I mean, it's designed for football, but the, the options you can use with them are limitless, really. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And uh, I'm glad people are seeing the fun aspect of it. The not modular, but the unique way of posing these miniatures. Because it, it amazed me like how, but just something simple by that ball and socket joint. You give everyone that backed the project a chance to really individualise their team yeah. because you like, like um, I was saying to be in, you would bump into say a hundred people who's got the senior killers and then depending on how they like to build it and depending on what type of build they like, you're gonna see like a hundred different ways of pausing those miniatures. Yeah. So it's a really good way of keeping the individualism there. I mean, I, I remember being 14 years old and playing around with the old um, modular space marines, and, and you, you could put them the bodies on. They twisted, so you could put the bodies on how you wanted, the arms on how you wanted, the guns on how you wanted, the heads on how you wanted. And I loved uh, looking at that marine squad and going, 
this is mine. Nobody in the world has a has a team or has a squad like this. And yeah. yeah, I'm just glad I could bring that to the football world. Oh no, I, it's amazing, and I hope that you you know you get lots of backing on this one now, Matt, because like I said, they are amazing models. Uh, you know, and I wish you all the best on it. Cheers. But and I'm hoping that there's going to be more to come from Black Wolf in this arena that we can uh, see more fun aspects of Blood Bowl and if there is I hope that you will come back on to talk about it of course but... I mean, we, we, we do we do have some some more teams planned um, we also have a board game planned as well um, so we're, we're trying this Kickstarter is to help fund another Kickstarter for, for a Chaos Dwarf team, a very second edition style Chaos Dwarf team, and also pay for the artwork for the board game, because that's the only thing that's keeping the board game going. And within the board game, there are 16 different miniatures, which would be perfect as Bloodweiser babes or kegs as they're now known because they're all there's like a barbarian drinking there's an elf drinking there's a chaos warrior drinking a martini with a straw going through the grill in his helmet um, of course so there's how all, else would you drink it exactly and obviously a chaos warrior is going to be drinking a martini right yeah exactly <laughs> refined but yeah all the munches are completely usable for blood bowl and the board game as well so yeah keep your eyes peeled for these Oh, there you go, guys. Exclusive news. There is more in the in the pipeline, which I think is fantastic. So I'm going to be, well, I'm going to be New Year all the time because, unfortunately, I'm a part of a Discord channel and I'm also on the Facebook group, so you're never getting rid of me. But, no, we, uh, we, don't, we don't want rid of you, mate. We don't want, want rid of you. <laughs> but uh, I'm getting sidetracked, I am again. He's got a lot of projects and they sound amazing. You did let slip that there's going to be a Chaos Dwarf Kickstarter. And yep. I've been looking for a good chaos dwarf uh, team i am really interested about that and i know there's a few listeners that are exactly the same so there's a lot there's going to be a lot of interest and i'm going to say again if the people want to be up to date with all this information facebook is black wolf studios instagram black wolf studios and twitter bb thor 87 there you go keep up to date guys because you don't want to miss out but that's not the only other other thing that you're going to be talking about on the podcast do you no, so uh, talking of missing out, uh, so we, we released the Thrudball tickets uh, last Monday, and within three days, we sold out the initial 50 batch of tickets. Um, That's amazing. We, 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 which is great news. I mean, the, the maximum we've ever had at a Thrudball is 72 players. So selling out with 50 within three days is, is brilliant. It shows the hunger of the Blood Bowl community currently for tabletop tournaments. I know we've all been locked indoors for, for the past 12 months, but it's great that there's still the support there for tabletop. So we know we will be releasing more tickets in the future. However, what we're asking people to do is go to our website, which is www.thrudball.com and register as a reserve. When the tickets are released, the people on the reserve list will be contacted first in the order that they've signed up and offered the ticket. If they want the ticket, obviously they can pay for it. If they don't, let us know and we'll offer it down to, to, to the next bunch of people on the list. All the information for Thread is on the website. We will be releasing the rules pack soon. And if you want a sneak peek onto the rules pack, join the Squad Chaos Discord server because hopefully at the end of March or the start of April, depends on when Fumble release Blood Bowl 2020, we will be holding a one-day tournament using the Thrudball rules pack that we're hoping to release. Obviously, this is the big tester for it because there's, there's been no Blood Bowl 2020 tournaments. So we, we yeah. don't know whether we've got it right or not, but we want to test it. You can help us test it by, by having this, this sneak peek of the rule set for one day on Fumble. Should be four or five games uh, using the new rule set. Once that's in, we'll review, 
release the rule set, you can start making your teams. Uh, we've also got a few other things that we're going to be doing to help you learn Blood Bowl 2020 under Thread. So we're going to be doing a road to Thread Bowl, which is a six-week tournament on Fumble, one game per week on the on the way to Thread Bowl as such, so just so you can you can get more games in because we don't know the rules fully because we're not playing regular gaming. This is a good way of getting that experience in. And even if you can't make Thread, there's still ways you can get involved on the actual weekend as well. We're going to be running Thread Online, which is another fumble tournament run on the same times as the actual event. So round one at the tabletop event will run at the same time as round one at Threadball Online. Round two, exactly the same. And hopefully we're going to get the winner on the big screen and so we can see all the crowd at the event as, as well. Give them a round of applause and the winner will get a trophy sent out to them as well some of the uh, some of the football charity auction stuff will be available online so you can you, you basically send in your maximum bids and somebody in the room will uh, will bid for you so say there's uh, I, I know there's going to be two amazing pieces of artwork one by pedro ramos and there's going to be one from carl critchlow the original artist of thread uh, say you really wanted one of them and you wanted to pay 100 pound for it somebody in the in the room will pay or will increase your bids at five pound to get this for you up to the 100 pound if it goes over 100 pound obviously you're not going to get it but we'll be taking uh pre-bids for that and there's loads of different ways you can get involved and and yeah so with the with the online events we've got the full permission of krista the guy who runs fumble and we he's wishing us the best with it and he's he's also agreed that we can ask people for a recommended donation of at least five pounds now this isn't compulsory you can take part if you don't want to pay but we're trying to raise money for charity here if you can donate at least five pounds that then you're helping with the event itself i mean the tickets to the actual tournament is 50 pounds but you are getting your food and everything included but the online is just another way to help out the charity cause and i'm, I'm sure people will, will help us with that of course but it sounds like you're trying to do as much for the community as you can just okay. so everyone can be reminded can you can you tell us what the charity is please of course so we we have two charities we have um the roy castle lung cancer foundation which has been a long-standing charity within Threadball. And this year, we will also be raising for Mind, the mental health charity. And this is in memory of uh, Guy May, uh, a, a Welsh coach who sadly uh, lost his life last year and we, we're also actually selling the Guy May miniature, uh, which is raising money directly for Mind as well, um, yes. which is, which is gonna, available by the Discord. Yeah, I was going to bring that up because I mentioned it with uh, Glow last episode. I have had a copy of it and it is a fantastic miniature and it's all going to charity which mm-hmm. i think is amazing guys if you if you want this miniature and you want to donate to mines if you're not part of the squad chaos uh, discord get in contact with us as well and i will try and pass you on to relevant people because i know i've done this for about four or five people already because we want to help out as much as we can because this is an amazing cause and i think you guys are doing so much for the community it's amazing and i just want to break down some of this information because you've just you just give us (laughs) you you give us a feast of news about so if they can join up to your discord yep they can have a sneak peek at threadbone rules yep via fumble yes so we'll be releasing the threadbone rule set on Fumble when we can do that event. So basically, you'll, there'll be an announcement on the Discord server saying, look, this is going to be the, the, the tester event. Sign up here. And when you go onto Fumble, you'll be able to create 
a team, it'll be under the Threadball rules set. So you, it's the same as we, we've done uh, in previous years where you get um, a certain amount of cash and you've got to buy your players, any inducements and your skills as part of that under certain skill restrictions. So, uh, for example, the better teams can take less skills and the teams that are traditionally worse. So the stunty teams, for example, get a lot access to a lot more skills but it's not necessary that you can uh, you can have the normal tournament build and all of the skills that we're allowing you if you want to take all of them you may have to make some concessions elsewhere because you, you can you can always th- throw balls always allowed you to to stack skills so you can have up to two skills on a player but you can't have the same combination elsewhere in your team so say you've got a goblin and you want yep. to give him sneaky git and if you want to give him a double you've got to give him a single as well so you could give him dirty player so dirty player sneaky git you couldn't have another player on your team that you've given dirty player and sneaky git to nice but you could have one with dirty player and leap for example so you could have two dirty yeah. players yeah that's fine but it's not the same combination that, that's a long-standing rule within the thread rules pack that's still there it's, it's very similar to the previous rule sets we've just updated it for blood bowl 2020 oh that's awesome that is i mean that that's that's part of the squad chaos ethos and it's what we're, we're yeah. allowing with thread ball this year is everybody's welcome fully inclusive and it's just a safe space for people to hang out talk about whatever they need to if they need help they know they can say I need help, yeah. or if if somebody does say they need help, you can be there to help them as well. I mean, I know over the past twelve months I've had I've had some horrendous things happen in my life, and the guys of Squad Chaos have really stuck by me and helped me through. All I want to do is, is be able to to pay it forward to somebody else. Well, that's the spirit of a good uh, community. That is, it's not about what you can get from the community; it's about what you can give to the community. And you guys are giving so much. That is why we try to help you by spreading the word. We will try and help whether it's donations on our end whether it's guiding people to yourselves for gamea or even if you just needed somebody to do legwork for you we want to help out because i've said to the guys in the discord as well that i'm i'm willing to be a year piece for people because i'm easy to get hold of and i don't talk the uh i talk the glass eye to sleep by well so <laughs> sometimes that's what people need so yeah, it's exactly yeah. it's it's all about being there for whoever needs to be there and exactly. we're bring, we're, uh, that's one of the reasons why i brought squad chaos in on thread because i was struggling to do everything that we were doing so for example nasgob builds web- websites for a living so he's built the new website yeah um and it's, it's getting the people in who can do the jobs and help share the load so it's not too much for one person and it, it's it allows the event to grow it allows us to raise more money for charity and if we can get more exposure through guys like yourself it's massively appreciated and it only can be a good thing yeah well like i said that is what you're doing is amazing we we want to try and help you guys reach your full potential i don't know how much help we can be with a small fry but we were gonna try and help as much as we can we've also said that we're gonna try and help on donation front because i i'm trying i'm trying to convince you that perhaps a tier three sponsor of a stunty cup that would be absolutely but, fantastic thank you so perhaps we can work something out in the background but you heard your first guys we're gonna well thread bowl has helped us help other people and you guys are being amazing but the one thing we haven't mentioned so far is not only are you on discord you're on facebook and uh, the squad chaos initiative mm-hmm. which is another aspect where people can get in touch and reach out to you if they want to chat if they want to ju- even if it's not blood bowl they could just they could talk about freaking gardening if they wanted to yeah, i mean i mean one of my friend's wife's just uh, produced an ebook that um basically is is to help parents come up with ideas and activities for, for their kids during lockdown and during covid 
that's been posted up and there you go it doesn't have to be about blood bowl it's just about being that support network for people who are interested in blood bowl that's amazing but and it should be more people up there like you because you don't you don't build the community off the back of one person it's many people coming together and that is what you guys are standing for and it's amazing and i'm, I'm, I'm just glad we can get as many people in uh, and keep the keep it growing i mean we 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 started the initiative properly around this time last year. It was a conversation um, at Thorball, uh, one of the last events, that I, or the last tabletop event I ran uh, last year. It was actually uh, a year ago today it, it started. So uh, how about that for timing? It was a conversation me and Glow had and, and Naz, and we went, right, we've got this good thing from post the World Cup. We had we had we took two squads over to the World Cup. We liked what we were starting to do within that uh, within those two squads. And we thought, no, let, let's let's get this to be a, a bigger, wider, international, worldwide thing. Why not? It, it's needed. And, and yeah. it's, it's been really positive ever since. No, that's amazing, buddy. And like I said, I'm going to put the information in our details as well. So it would be, our, it'd be a direct link then to your website, Threadbowl. Thank you and, much. Yeah, and if people want to get in contact for any further information, whether it's about the Threadball event, whether it's about Gamia or where to contact you guys, don't hesitate to, you know, get in contact. We will you know, we'll direct you to the right people. And if you want to make a donation, you can make a donation for mines through Squad Chaos as well. Yep. And I mean, if you, even if you wanted to donate some figures or uh, leftover miniatures from a team that you've made or some dice that you no longer want, we will take absolutely anything people want to donate to us and we'll put it into the right type of thing to raise the most amount of money for charity. I mean, we have the auction, we have a raffle, we have spot prizes, we we have all sorts. Um, we, we, we try and give away a free team uh, randomly to one, one person um, who's at the event. I don't know whether we're doing that this year. We have done it in the past, but there's all sorts of things that we do with everything that's donated. So no matter what, if you want to donate something, please send it over. Oh, that's amazing. See, well, that's, that seems to be my catchphrase to this. That's amazing. <laughs> well, it's just, uh, I'm overwhelmed by, really by what you're doing. And then guys, don't miss out. If you want a sneak peek at uh, Threadball, get in contact on the Discord, you know, find out that way. And then also, like you said, there's going to be a six-week league tournament thing mm-hmm. for people to get extra time in knowing the rules. So. Exactly. I think it's amazing. And the fact that you're doing an online and offline simultaneous tournament as well, that's a... I know you said, it's, was it 72 people was the maximum at the football event, but yeah. come on now, that, that's in the hundreds now if uh, well, everyone we, turns up online. We, 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 we hope so. I mean, it, like you're saying, it, it's bringing that squad chaos inclusivity to, to, to Threadball. Um, this is going to be the f- first Thread that Squad Chaos is running as as an organisation. We, we had American coaches say to us, well, there's no way we can get over to Thread. How can how can we help? And we're like, well, do you want to run it online? And they were like, yeah, yeah, great. So they're going to be getting up at four or five o'clock in the morning because it's going to be UK time. So they're going to have to get up early doors, but they're happy to, to put in that time just to try and try and help help out the charity. So that's amazing but uh i i, I just don't know what else to say about this <laughs> you've given us so much news by now and people have on top of all this people have got a chance of not missing out if they sign up the reserve list yeah get onto um, the res- that's my biggest bit of advice is get onto the reserve lists now um we will be releasing more tickets soon 
uh, we just need to confirm a few more details with the venue before we can figure out exactly how many we we can release. Always for the community. That's what I like about these boys. I know I've spoken about Black Wolf and I've, and I've just given you Discord and Facebook, mm-hmm. but if people didn't know, you've also got a podcast, haven't you, my friend? Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm I'm the host of the Squad Chaos podcast. We started up about October time last year. Uh, we've just recorded our fifth episode. It was only a short one because one of our hosts was ill. Uh, but we, we, we covered, um, funnily enough, mostly stuff about Threadball and, and my Kickstarter. That was purely because it was a short episode. Uh, but no, episode six will probably will be recorded at the end of March. And we, we're always running um, competitions, uh, raffles, all stuff to, to get some, some awesome swag and teams and miniatures out to you guys that we get donated from the from the companies themselves just try and give them some publicity as well and and yeah it, it's it, it's really good it's it's good to get on the airwaves there's myself there's a, a guy called Widrum, um which I, I believe is a an avid follower of, of tier three um, uh, well i don't i don't know about avid he says avid but uh you know he, he's I, I like to think he's being generous no he, he is always banging on about you guys i mean he's um what what's what's the uh the campaign that you guys are doing the backlog be gone Yes, we're doing yeah. backlog be gone, which so, is so. it's not quite the uh, the twenty six, but um, <laughs> you know it's something to get people clearing their backlogs. No, no, it's, it's, it's a fa- fantastic idea, and I know I've been trying to just say, oh, have you seen this new midget that comes out? He says I can't buy it. I'm doing backlog be gone with tier three, <laughs> and he, he's constantly banging on about you guys. And uh, we're also uh, we've got an American host with us as well, a guy called Morpheus, um, who's based over in uh, Ohio. Uh, he runs the Ohio. Uh, the Ohioga, is that, is that it, or is it the Oga, no Ogahio? Sorry, I got that Ogahio, wrong. Ogahio, yeah. He, yeah, he runs Ogahio, uh, which last year raised a, a bunch for charity as well. So yeah, it, it's we're transatlantic podcasters. We keep on getting told, but it's, it's yeah. just three, it's just three good mates yakking over the airwaves and hoping people listen to us. Really, well, three good mates talking about something that brings them together is always a good thing to listen to exactly so guys if that's what you enjoy get in contact and as you've just heard again the podcast is doing community work because they're reaching out to americans to make them feel included with the rest of the world so yeah and there is something i wanted to ask you guys is Ooh. um so in the next few months uh, we are looking at running so, so a couple of years ago a lot of the podcast hosts took part in something called pod bowl which was a fumble tournament for podcast hosts so they, they could talk about the same tournament against each other on their various podcasts and we're looking at starting it up again or a, a version of it i'm wondering whether you guys would be interested well i would say yes because mm-hmm. i know me and beard i've got the, the we got the fumble bug at the moment it's uh it's I, i've kind of dropped out of it my uh bb2 league at the moment because it's just i don't know what it is fumble has really sunk its claws in with us and it, fe- it feels close to playing on tabletop i don't know why what, what i find brilliant about fumble is especially playing in the squad chaos leagues is you tend to um discord video chat or uh, voice chat with your opponent while you're playing yeah so it, it really is as close as you can get to tabletop during covid because you- you're you're seeing your opponent you're seeing their reactions you're talking to them it's not just um ones and zeros on a screen yeah, well, I was going to say that, see, because uh, for people who who are not in our online league at the moment, the uh, Chaos Squad farewell to, you know, the old rules. A few of us played last night, wasn't it? And it was two yeah. games going simultaneously. And it felt, do you know what it felt good? It felt like being in the club and you'd like, yeah. there's a couple of games going on around you. Yeah, I mean, I, so, I, I went on to play play yourself. 
and and then a couple of people just jumped in just just to have a chat really and then well, yeah. they end then they end up playing and then we end up swapping opponents while we were there because it's like well i've got another hour to, uh, that i can play so yeah it was, it was just it, it did it felt like a club night and we're definitely going to try and do a few more of them because that, that was good um yeah, i mean I would... one of one of the other things we do on the discord is every two three weeks we run a hobby night so we, we just we go on go on discord put the cameras on and paint away i mean you don't even have to paint you could just turn up to chat to be honest um, but a lot of us paint away. We get uh, get some advice. Um, I mean, I, I got some advice from Nazgob last time we were on there. I'm I'm teaching Throg how to paint one of his teams. People can just get some advice, talk about things. Go, I've just done this, but what do you guys think about doing something else? And it's it's just having that that hobby based um, evening. Even if you don't want to paint, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, it's, it's a nice get together. No, that sounds awesome because I think I'm going to be turning up a few of them because I've got I've kind of got the necromantic bug at the moment. Oh, no I've got to be honest. It's I know it, it's the old rules. I I've thought I'm going to give it a crack on uh, on fumble. You know, just why not? Like in a what's the worst can happen? You're going to lose in a. But <laughs> yeah, they, they just they were really really fun cheers for letting us on to the podcast mate it's been a always a pleasure to have you my friend between you Windrum Glow and everyone else I've met on uh, Squad Chaos you're more than happy to turn up and uh, chat at any time you know it's uh, and like we said it's the pod the podcast aspect of this hobby now has allowed us to get together and meet new people and I think it's amazing you're like another little family for me you know so We'll have to get you on the Squad Chaos podcast as well at some point to talk about your thoughts on stunty teams at Threadball when it's released. Oh, see, as I, said. I, like the, I like the sound of that, but then I know I'm going to sound thick as shit when I'm on. But that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. So, yeah. yeah, thanks for the invite and no uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for telling us more, more information about Threadball. And remember, everybody, the Kickstarter for the serial killers is live so gay was now before it runs out because you don't be without because these are amazing models so Hi. thank you buddy no worries i'll uh i'll catch you soon catch you again buddy hi right, guys we are back and this month we are talking noogle yeah, it's been a long time coming, this cut chat, means as it's been put off by a month. But we wanted to talk about these guys because we feel that they're one of the few teams that has taken a hit in Blood Bowl 2020. Because where they were a strong tier 2, I would say mid or top quarter, they've kind of taken a drop down to the bottom quarter of tier 2 standings. So we want to see what we can do with them. And how we would approach them in the league so as usual guys we are going to go through the team we are going to then say what skills we would give them given the opportunity and we are going to build a a league team at the end of it so you will hear what me and beard would do is beard will have a proper team i will probably have a piece of shit team so for this team to start off we're going to have seventy thousand gold and that's their re-rolls. You know, this is quite a it's quite a tasty uh, price on a re-roll with it. What do you think, Beard? It is compared to some teams, it's it's a little expensive, but then other teams, you know, it's it's not a bad price. 
70,000 seems to be pretty uh, pretty decent for a price for a re-roll these days. Well, you say that, right? I think for re-rolls, it's a, you've got to have a team. You've got to have a team that's got a good number of agility, agility skills, sorry, in my eyes, to warrant, you know, the 70,000, because you don't want to have, like, 60,000 uh, uh, 60, gold on a team that's completely covered in dodge like in it so i feel that they've been hit a little bit hard with that they could have been nicer but like i said that's middle of the road really in it so it is it is other than re-rolls uh, this team has got two skills that uh, they've got to take into account which is decay and plague ridden so bad would you do this the armor and talk about these skills i will so the first one is decay and with this skill, if your player suffers a casualty result on the injury table, there's a plus one modifier applied to all rolls made against this player on the casualty table. So effectively saying that all those Nurgle pustules and the decay of joints just made it that little bit weaker. So when they get uppercut to the jaw by that dwarf troll slayer, their jaw is more likely to fall off and, and miss the next game. That one, I think, is a very, very fluffy special rule. I quite like that. It, it fits with them falling apart, with there being big sort of holes in the flesh and intestines falling out and so on. What do you think? Yeah, I think that the risk you run when you've got a team that is... They've got a high armor value, but you've got to have a negative for when you get through that armor value. So I think that's what evens them out a bit on the pitch. And like, say, dwarves who have got high armor value and then you don't get any extra shit for taking them down. It's just, you got no, you got to make sure that your rolls are great. So, hey yeah. oh, I'm just shitting on dwarves yet again. But you'd have to be very high up to do that. Oh, not very, no. I think I'd say about five foot four minimum. I'd say five foot four maximum. Oh, no, you've got to say five foot one minimum because that, that is, you can get your ass just over the bushy brow so then the shit can roll on their face. Fair enough. So the next special rule is plague ridden and once per game, if an opposition player with strength of four or less that doesn't have decay, regen or stunty traits suffers a casualty result of 15 so or 16, so dead dead as a result of a block action performed or a foul action committed by a player with plague ridden that belongs to your team and if that player cannot be saved by an apo you may choose to use this trait if you do the player doesn't die instead they've caught the dreaded nurgle's kiss and they have a virulent plague and if your team has the favored of nurgle special rule a new rot alignment drawn from the nurgle roster is placed immediately in your reserve box in the dugout and this may cause you to have more than 16 players for the remainder of the game. During step four, this player can be permanently hired as you would any other journeyman. It's a fluffy rule. Nurgle is spreading the love and creating players for himself. Yeah, well, it's just basically the Nurgle version of... Basically the same rule Necromantic have if uh, they kill a player, you know, they can bring back thralls or whatever. What yep. are they called? Not thralls, they're the vamps. Um, Zombie lineman. Zombie lineman. Zombie lineman. Yeah. yeah, you could pull them back. So it's just like the Nurgle version of that. Pretty much. We say in that, they don't have access to apothecaries because they've got the Nurgle version of that, which is a plague doctor, which I'm not going to go over now, but it's just, that's basically just a apothecary for a Nurgle team. Yep. The, well, the new uh, special rules for this team is favour the Nurgle. And as we said, it works out well for Plague Ridden. We've got to see where that takes us now with Blood Bowl in the future because 
at the moment there's not really anything on the pitch other than Urgle that is God aligned. We've got um we got Chaos Chosen, but that's they've just been a blank slate really, haven't they? So yeah. we've got to see what happens. So, waffled on enough now, but we're going to go into the actual team. I take it I will read the positions and the costs, and you can give us the skills that you would pick for these positionals. Yeah, fire away. First up, we've got the Rotter Lineman. You can have up to 12 of these. They're 35,000 gold, movement 5, strength 3, agility 4+, plus. Passing 6+, plus, armor value 9+, plus. the skills and traits are decay and plague ridden, taking that's going to be the basic for an Urgle team. The primary skills then are general and mutation, the secondary skills are agility and strength. So these are your everyman, these are your jo- jobbers, these are your cheap boys to fill up the gaps because you want to spend money on better players. So Beard, knowing that these are your boys that are going to take, a, take the brunt of any opposition, what skills would you give them? For me, these are your disposable players that you want to sack if they get too highly skilled. I'm a big fan of having dirty players around, so I'd have one or two dirty player rot linemen. I'd also possibly give one kick. Your team isn't the fastest of teams. You're at least putting the ball as far into your opponent's half as possible, as close to the uh, the, the touchdown line as possible. Yeah. Those would be my singles. And I thought your rot alignment, you you're gonna have a few of them about, and they're gonna be they're gonna be getting in the way a fair bit. The high armor value. I possibly have thick skull on there. Poss- I know this one might be a bit out there, but I possibly put grab on there so that you can push them into other positionals that have slightly better skills to do the job. If that makes sense. So if you yeah. only get a push, rather than hoping for that both down, uh, hoping for the uh, defender down or something else, if you get a push, you're at least pushing them where you want them. But like mm. I say, for me, these would be like your half hopefuls two skills sack them because they're getting too high in tv and it's pardon the expression too much tv bloat yeah i think like we said before it's becoming a part of the game where you need to manage your tv a bit better than before so i agree that perhaps after two skills you may want to like start thinking about replacing them it's always good to have a lineman as well that can be a bit of a nuisance or you can have a little bit of an extra push you can uh, assist your better players you can also be a blocker so it's harder to get your better players yeah i think two skill max and then i would start thinking of replacing them so with me now i've decided on my skills which were again like you said dirty play is a nice one because that can upset a few players when they're on the floor but i paid that up with sneaky get in case i was fortunate enough to get a double so it makes it harder for that player to be off the pitch i think Fend would be a good one because they are the lower team value. They got the lower strength. It does help them defend then against frenzy players or being pushed about a bit because you can't follow up. So it mitigates any like you know follow up attacks from the opposition. But then if you wanted to, if you were going into a league where you were taking on more agility players, perhaps it's better to have wrestle. So there is ways of building them. It just depends on, I think, the league that you play in. But like you said, Beard, which was a good point, these can easily build a lot of TV bloat and you've got to be able to cull them 
when they get to a certain stage. I think we've covered everything on that one, haven't we? We have indeed. Okie doke. So let's get on to the next one, which is my favourite player on the Nurgle team. We got Pestigos. You have zero to four Pestigos. There's 75,000 gold each. Movement six. Strength three. Agility three plus. Passing four plus. Armour volume nine plus. The skills and traits are horns, plague ridden, and regeneration. The primary skills are general, mutation, and strength. The secondaries are agility and passing. And I don't know what your view is on Pestigos, but I think these are the workhorse of the team. Yep. These are the ones that are going to be making your plays. These are the fast players, so they will be making the break. Or if you were fortunate to get certain skills, these can be your passers, your throwers, your catchers. Yep. They they do fill the gap. And we didn't talk a lot about it with the Rotners, but they are not going to be somebody that you want to have the ball with that six-plus pass in. I know you can hand off on a four plus, but that's still a 50 50 chance. You want the ball to be in the hands of the pestigal. That three plus agility for handoffs is really good, and a four plus pass, like we said, is once you've got a skill or two underneath your belt, you can uh, mitigate that and make them into throwers. So, Beard, how would you build your pestigals? So, I go with a skill that they still get a lot now in the older edition claws as my single, and then my doubles, you, you hit the nail on the head. They are your faster players, they're going to be your players. They're going to be getting up and down the pitch. They're going to be chasing back if needs be. They're going to be making a break to be your scoring threat. So my doubles are catch and pass. Awesome. For exactly that reason. Yeah. See, now I think me and you would build a team a bit differently, which is always a good thing. Because the way I would look at the skills for a Pestico is slightly different where I don't want them in the mix as much. I know they've got horns, which is the plus one on the blitz, but I would try yep. and keep them out of it. So I've said for my singles, don't bless in case they are in trouble. But then I've gone for two heads, sure hands, extra arms, monster mouth, and pro, which I think tends to lead to a better passing game and a better movement game. So then... On my doubles, I've said defensive, sprint and sure feet. Like we said, that's a good running game. Accurate makes you, you know, makes him an even better thrower. Running pass means that you've got more of the field that you can play with. And safe pass, you know, in case that four plus bites you in the ass, really, isn't it? So, you know, it's a lot yeah. you can do with them. And I think they are the, the workhorse of the team because they cover so many positions is there anything else you want to add to this beard no i, th- I think you've, you've you've nailed it they they pardon the expression they are the workhorses you're right you may not necessarily want them in the mix as well as you would maybe your bloaters or your rot spawn but i think as an early starting team you're gonna have to accept that some are going to be in there in the mix that's why i want the close unless you're packing you know, four blows to start off with, I think you're going to have to think that as much as you're absolutely right, sort of later on, once you've got all your bloaters and you've got all those skills to mean that your, your Pestigos don't have to be on the front line, they don't have to be constantly in tackle zones, I think you've sort of got to build to start off with at least one or two and have those two ready to, you know, ready to fight if needs be. So I, I, I get what you're saying, you are right, they are the workhorse because of the speed, it's as, it's as simple as that, the speed, yeah. the horns, like you say, they can, they can blitz in and they've got that plus one because of the blitzing in, so get yeah, exactly what you're saying there. It depends on how you like to play really. I think with these because perhaps 
I'm looking at it too much like they got the better agility so I would build a more throw-in game with them because it makes up the the movement then don't it but you've got like you said early doors you're not going to be able to make that make the plays for a good passing game you need to get into the mix so perhaps this is where you would specialize say at least two to become blitzers possibly yeah. one catcher one thrower or you might want three blitzers and just one that's able to sit back and pass so and he also covers backfield but what i like about it there's so much scope with them that it doesn't matter what your play style is you can tailor that exact player to the gap in your team and i think the gap in Nurgle team is their movement so like i said i would make a passing game one which would probably not align so much with how people would expect to play Nurgle but it creates an extra couple of squares of movement then because you've been able to throw it. Thank you Beard for your views on the Pestigos and I think it's time that we talk Bloaters which are the team's heavy-ish hitters. They look heavy. So 0-4 to four Bloaters they are 115,000 each. Movement 4, Strength 4, Agility 4 plus Passing is 6 plus, but their armor value is 10 plus, so they are hard to break. Skills and traits disturbing presence, foul appearance, plague ridden, and regeneration. Their primaries are general, mutation, and strength. Secondary is agility. Beard, what have you got to say about the bloaters? So for me, these are these are, like you said, these are your additors. These are the guys that are going to deal the damage and doing our usual thing of avoiding block and dodge. First thing I went with is guard because these are going to be pieces that are going to be in on the front lines. They're going to be doing a lot of the work to remove opposition players. They're going to be on the line of scrimmage relatively early on, if not straight away. So you want them to be effective. You want them to be getting those assists in. You don't want them to be nullified by not having that. So I went with guard as my first primary. My secondary, I know this is a bit out there, but I went with diving tackle. That is a bit out there. Yeah, I think for me, this team, because it lacks a lot of speed, it's going to struggle with teams like Skaven, with elf teams, anything that's got a lot of speed and has the ability to dodge, and they're going to want to try and get away and around these bloaters so i figured with the the higher strength the diving tackle might come in handy just to stop opposition players getting away nice so you put a lot of thought into that then yeah i was looking at the weaknesses of the team and i think you, you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said the pestigors are going to be the, the the quickest players these bloaters are only movement full yeah once you get four five squares away from them they're reliant upon gfis to try and catch up and it's not gonna it's not gonna cut it so i think anything you can do to slow down or make your opponent think twice about trying to go near them or around them can't be a bad thing yeah see now i had the same type of thought but i was thinking about the position of where i would be using these players so to me Mm. these would be my line of scrimmage players so where you've got to put say three up front you need to be able to hold our line. You don't want to be giving ground on it. So I said Mighty Blow and Claw because these are the type of guys with strength four could be throwing two dice easily. And if you get a block a block on that, it's nice and easy to start getting points early.
properly by taking players out. I said tentacles because I thought that's a good way of holding players down. Solid shout. Yeah. But then I also thought, well, later on in the season when these guys have moved about a bit, or if you need to use a blitz because of a close player that you need to clear off, horns would be a good one, which pushes them up to a strength five on the blitz. So yep. they can start going up and against your big guys then, can't they? But then Juggernaut was another one I thought is another way of helping you take on big guys on other teams then. Like you said, weakness of this player is movement four. So if I get a double, I'm getting jumped up so then you're not losing movement by getting up you can get up and you can use your full movement like i said i try to look at it as the position of where i would play these players perhaps i'm looking at it wrong the audience then can tell us how they would use these players because perhaps we are looking at this too uh, flat and they could tell us perhaps bloat is a better somewhere else i don't know i i think we've both looked at the weakness being their slow movement but we've looked at that in different ways Mm. You know, I've looked at, I don't want stuff getting near and dodging, so I'm forcing players to use more movement to go the long way around if they want to get past them. And you're thinking, well, their weakness in movement is having to get up, they lose even more movement. So we're, we're looking to cover the weaknesses with those. But like you say, I'm sure our listeners will tell us what they would do with their bloaters, and we could find out where we're going wrong. Yeah. Do you want to take us through the rot spawn as well? Oh, don't I just. I love me a good rot spawn. And I'll tell you why in a second. The rot spawn, you can only have one of them because they are your big guy. They cost 140,000 gold pieces. Movement 4, strength 5, agility 5+, plus, no passing skill, armor value 10+. Plus. They come with disturbing presence, foul appearance, 4 plus loner, mighty blow, plague ridden, really stupid, regen and tentacles their primary is strength their secondary is agility general and mutation i like these guys because of the tentacles yeah because whether you uh, roll really stupid or not tentacles is always in play that's why i kind of thought i can build my bloaters as mini rot spawns with the tentacles and with the mighty blow if you can get them up on the line and they're using the tentacles on say two players it's a lot harder for those two players to get out, out of the way of them absolutely as long as they're on the pitch they're fantastic that's why i like a rot spawn they are a pain in the ass to deal with and if they are moving about all they've got to do is just move into another crowd of people they don't even have to blitz they don't have to tackle they just, just move into a crowd of people and then they've got to either dodge or they've got to try and tackle them because like student presence can fuck them up but yeah i love them so the skills i would take on this guy is stand firm so they're holding the line better like i said break tackle because of their high strength juggernaut in case they go up against a tree and I thought if they are on the front line with my bloaters guard might be useful and then for doubles I've said close tail as well because that can fuck up a agility player as well and if by some chance of nuffle and I get a third double I thought you know our horns make them strength six just to like really piss off some people and yeah that was my skills and all that but how would you build your world rot spawn well, I think you've been reading my notes my my standards were stand firm break tackle and guard for exactly the same reasons stand firm you want them in there you want them in that crowd of people you don't want them pushed back so like you said they don't have to be blitzing to be useful yeah those tentacles make them useful without actually doing anything at all other than occupying a spot on the pitch so you want them there you don't want them pushed back again break tackle if you want to move them out 
you have that through break tackling again guard you're absolutely right they're going to be in the mix whether that's on the line of scrimmage or wherever that's where the ball or the cage goes and that guard's going to get useful and again my doubles were claws and horns i call it great minds think alike yeah i agree with that beard now comes my favorite part of the show where we try and act like we know what we're doing and we say we're gonna start a league team of nurgle and with that we would have say one mil gold we've got to build a team and try and make it competitive for that league not saying tournament because that's a different beast altogether this is a league team so how would you build your Nurgle League team okay so in my million gold pieces I would be starting off with a rot spawn I would have four pestigos I would have two bloaters I'd have five rotters so that's 12 players so I have a bench most likely starting off with one of those rotters on the bench but still it's a bench for early casualties Mm -hmm. by two re-rolls and that put me on 985,000 gold so there's a little bit of gold left over the TV differential but because you know me I'd like to have something of everything on the pitch I like to especially if it's a team that I've not played before I like to be able to try everything rather than just going oh I'm going to get rid of bloaters because I want to run all pestigos or I I don't think rotters are any good so I'm just going to run pestigos goes but whatever you know i i like to try everything i like to try having the big guy on the pitch and see what it what it does so i've i've got something of everything i've got two re-rolls for when nuffle decides it's not happening yeah what about you what have you uh what have you gone with with your million gold well what i went with is a big bag of i got exactly the same team i've said the same one rot spawn four pesticles two bloaters because i think if you've got a rot spawn starting off you can get away with two bloaters you don't need them the more important thing to have on the pitch early and start building up star player points is your is your pestigos. So you want to get them out yep. early. Five rotters, two re-rolls, and I said an assistant. And I think that left me with 15,000, 10,000 gold left over in case I needed a fan factor or whatever, a cheerleader at some point. But yeah, I think that is probably the most optimal league build you can get. Perhaps I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, obviously Beard's wrong because he copied my notes. I'm going to just, I'm going to put this out to the listeners. Are we looking at this wrong? Is there a better build? And are we putting too much value on Pestigos? Please let us know. Just before we go, just came to my head now. Would you, within your first two games, if you had enough gold, what would be the first thing that you buy for this team? Would you buy another player or would you go, you know, down the inducement route? I would probably look at getting me third bloater that'd be my next point because you want with this team they're slow you want as many higher strength players as possible and i think you want those bloaters to get skilled up quickly so you want three of them four maybe not but three certainly that's that's the that's the route i'd go down i probably wouldn't look at, at inducements very early on i'd look at getting the players i want and getting them leveled up i think this is a, a team that once it's about 1.4 1.5 million tv i think that's it sort of like leveling out then that's if you know what i mean yeah no i know exactly what i mean See, now, I'm of the opinion myself, perhaps within two games, I'd try and get a Plague Doctor. Just like we said, it's you've got some players that you've got to protect, so it would be get, good to get that level of protection, because I think if you've got... The Rot Spawn is going to do a majority of the work on the line, so perhaps you can get away without having the third bloater until mid-season, but I think, like you said, once, once you've hit about 1.4 mil, 1.5 mil, you generally trust trying to rounded out by keeping your rotters under control because you want to you want to 
stop the bloat by culling them players and making sure your your pestigos and your bloaters are optimal for the team. Yeah. And there you go. That's another way that we differentiate. So there you go. Our teams would be de- would be different that way. Thank fuck. Otherwise, we would have just completed uh, each other's notes, <laughs> you know. So pretty much. Yeah. So uh, uh, fuck you, beard. We're gonna go into the next segment. <laughs> Right then, guys, we are at the end of the show, and I think we've had a good show. Everything has uh, gone well, I think. It's the end of the show, and I'm handing this over to Beard in a minute, so he can talk hobby. But before we do, we have an affiliate link, and our affiliate link is with Firestorm Games. If you were looking to get more paint, get new brushes, Firestorm Games is the place to be. They've got three stores at the moment. At the moment, they are going to be online based due to COVID. And if you use the affiliate link below in the podcast, we get a kickback as well. So that means that Firestorm Games will give us a percentage. It doesn't come out of your pocket. It comes out of Firestorm Games. And with that, we are able then to put the money back into the podcast to create some competitions for yourselves. Also, while I've got you here, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify because that's going to help us get more coverage. We would also like if people would share with their friends if they are looking for new Blood Bowl podcasts but they don't know which ones to listen to. So, that's me begging. Also, all our links are down below. Beard, I think it's your turn now to end the show. So take it away, my friend. So I thought I'd do something a bit different this month. We've had a few games of Florida Man. We've had a couple of quizzes. We've had guests on. We talk hobby, but what do we actually mean when we hobby? So I thought we'd start some hobby with Beard. We're going to go a bit more in-depth over the next couple of months in specific topics. But I've got a couple of main topics. Is hobby funk. So, And I don't mean turning up to an event and being that guy that forgot his deodorant. What I mean is not having the motivation to paint, not having the motivation to build things, despite having a massive backlog. And with our current backlog begun challenge, I think that's quite a nice thing to go into. The second thing that I've got is lighting setups how to get the most out of your lighting setup and i just thought we'd have a chat about actual hobbying because different people hobby in different ways hobbying and hobby funk and it's a thing so for me hobby funk happens for a number of reasons and it happens because either you find you've got too much time on your hands and you don't know what to paint because you've got too much to do or you don't have enough time on your hands and you want to paint and you don't know what to do or you want to build something and you're not sure what to do or it happens because you've been building and painting the same sort of thing over and over again. So building for one army or one team or one roster or whatever, and you get sick of painting red or you get sick of painting green. So there's a few things hobby funk wise that I find really helps. And this is not just going to be Blood Bowl related. This is going to be hobby related. So I find that having a couple of projects on the go at once, a couple of things that are totally different really helps with this. And we'll refer to them as palette cleansers. So at the minute, I'm painting up Grebo's Corn Team. Lovely models. I don't really have much experience in painting metal models. So it's it's a new experience putting paint on metal at the minute. However, as my 
palate cleanse, as it were. I'm halfway through building the human dwarf, uh, human dwarf, human nobility team. I've got some space marines on the go, and bizarrely, it's not even Blood Bowl or Warhammer related. I have a Revel VW camper van that I'm halfway in the middle of building and painting up for my dad as a Christmas present. And I find with each of those, because it's different styles of building, different aesthetics different materials you don't find that you feel you're just gluing this bit to that bit or it's got to look like a gun or they've got to look like they're in a running pose or oh look i'm painting everything and it's got to be all red you can whack some layer paints on a couple of corn models where you red your gold your flesh you can move on to a camp van where you're doing a bit of metallic work and a bit of doing a bit of rust and decay and and grime and then you can go back to building a team that doesn't involve any paint and it's it's that you don't have to feel like everything's a grind because you just chip away a little bit here a little bit there a little bit here a little bit there and it'll all come together in the end yes again if you're stuck painting the same sort of colors and this is something i've done a few times i've got a few models just kicking about on shelves that i've done big big projects on like i painted six thousand points of 30k iron warriors in a year and that was a grind a real grind and i bought a couple of models just in between just because i like the look of them i got a lord of contagion on horse from the fantasy range and i built and painted that up i built and painted a couple of things for my 40k chaos in black and white just because it was totally different it was totally different weathering techniques totally different basing techniques and it's just something to break up i don't want to call it monotony because not everybody sees it that way but it's just something to break up to make it like when you come back to it to get excited about painting that big project again because you go i've painted something a little bit different or i've learned a new technique or i've painted colors that i haven't learned to paint so my 40k chaos are quartered black and white i've never painted white properly before and i've never highlighted black properly before i chose that color scheme to learn to paint black and white it's a pain in the backside to paint white the way that i paint those but when i'm done painting those models i come back to the project i was originally working on and i'm like i'm really excited to get working on these again do you, do you understand what i mean i do indeed i do indeed i was just letting you uh get your full thoughts out on that one then ramble on is it yeah well i'll be polite full thought if I want to be impolite, waffling twat. Waffling twat. I've been called worse, to be fair, usually by you. Yeah, true enough. I know exactly what you mean. Like you said, it's, you don't want to call it monotonous, but there's a repetition to it that dulls the brain, which yeah. is the clarification of monotony. So I think I'm going to stick with that. It's like I've had plenty of projects on the go over, say, three years, and I know one of them has been Corn Army, one of them was a Nagash Army, and say another one is just trying to paint Bone Reaper's Army. And what I found was I want to be, while I've got this paint out, I will paint these models. And I'm like, oh, it's just, it's killing me now. It's killing me after, once you've done about 20, 30 models, all the same. Because whether it be a Space Marine, whether it would be a Demon, it's... It's a grind, and it is a grind, and yeah. we, let's be honest about it. But what I've found now is that if I'm doing too much of the same thing, if I need to get a certain amount done, perhaps change the style of model. So I've painted three blood letters. The pictures are up on Facebook, and I've done a flesh hound, which is the same style of painting. So it's still a red, there's still greys and blacks in it. The only thing different is one's got a flaming sword, the other one haven't. So what I've decided to do is break it up. I would concentrate on, say, the blood crusher. So my blood crusher now, as I've shown Beard, is completely different. It's not red like most people. I've, I've gone black, black, silver and brass. So it's a very dark colour. And then I was like, oh, well, what can I do to this that I haven't done before? Well, I've, I've painted black and I've used 
the Vallejo Black, which I think is a lovely coverage. I used Lead Belcher and I used Army Painter. And I thought that was a nice little colour combination. A couple of washes over that. What have I what have I never done? Well I've never highlighted black with say a dark green or it's always been a grey. So it's always been like a monotone type colour, so I thought I'd try something different. Like you said, it's a different it's a different style then, isn't it? So this one is more of a dark, it's like a dark greeny blue highlight. So it feels like you're giving yeah. off a different colour. But then if I was doing more in that vein, say I was like I want to do a bloodthirster, which was probably gonna be the big model I gotta tackle soon. That's gonna be a lot of red, a lot of black. So what I would do then to break that up is I would whip out my Black Oak team, which and concentrate on the greens. So it's a different colour palette, like you said, and it's changing the monotony then. It's taking it from going, oh, that's just another shit or red I gotta do. It's, oh, well, I know I got this quick technique of greens. I'm gonna do that. And then I got the teeth to do. And then, you know, yeah. there's the spread then. The only problem is, I, well, I tend to like the colour red. <laughs> well, so that always helps. That does help liking the colours you're painting. I do like it red. So, like I said, I've done me of doing a corn warband. I'm hopefully going to try and finish my corn army. I will also end up with a corn team at some point when GW releases one. Word bearers in the past, and they were red. I've got a couple of models now that I want to do in word bearer colours. So it seems to be like, even though I say it's monotonous, I like a coverage on a red. I think a red look, red looks it looks very good. It's a very it's a very smooth, suave colour. That's not the point of the conversation. But yes, the palette cleanse is always a good choice. So whether that would be one model, whether it be a team, just something that can pull your attention back into the painting rather than yeah, you go you're in the back of your head going, oh, I got to deal with this motherfucker again. I am sure I've painted yeah. I painted it this way a hundred times already. Because the more that you having that conversation with yourself in your head you're not concentrated on the table it's always good exactly but you're not going to you're not going to like what i'm going to say now the other way of getting rid of funk is walking away from the table for a bit sometimes i agree sometimes it's got to be if you've done a lot of painting and you you have tried spreading it out a bit and it's still not happening just walk away Spend spend a weekend away from it, or spend about four days away, and then like I would even say, don't even if you listen listen to a lot of podcasts, just step away, have a proper palate cleanse on everything to do with the surroundings of it as well. So whether that be the painting, whether that be watching YouTube videos, whether that be podcasts, step away from it all for a bit. Find what other interests you've got. So whether that would be if you like video games, yeah. that can get you out of the routine. And then what you'll find then is you're probably going, oh, I had a nice little break now. I want to paint. And that's the difference then. It's not, I have to paint. I want to paint. Yeah. That's always a good sign. That's a, that's always a very good sign. So it's a good start wanting to paint. It's, I think, one of the, the luckiest positions we can be in is wanting to paint, having too much to paint, not knowing where to start because you want to paint everything rather than not knowing where to start because it's all a grind so i think i think i think everybody at some point in their hobby experience has been part of that everybody has seen oh i've got to do this or i've got a deadline to get it done and i'm struggling to get it done because it's a grind like you say sometimes stepping away for a couple of days will really help with that because you can get that excitement back of you know i've got my 
Wednesday evening free. So Monday night, like you say, I'll spend that with the kids. Tuesday night, we'll do this. Wednesday night, when I get down to sit my time, that's that's when I'm going to get this done or I'm going to get that done. I agree. Sometimes stepping away from everything does help. But yeah, I think I think we've, we, we've covered hobby funk there quite well. So the next thing I want to come on to was lighting. Now, there is something of yours that I do really, really like that you've bought and I've actually now bought the same thing. But when it comes to lighting setups, you can buy all these lighting setups all you want. But what you have to remember is a lot of games don't play under the same lighting setup you have at home no. so when you sat there with all these lights on and you're painting six inch from your face don't forget on a table you're going to be looking at it from four feet away so that little imperfection that you see from six inch in front of your face you're not going to see it four feet away you won't notice it unless of course it's absolutely terrible it's something i've painted in which case it's probably looking like it's been dunked in emulsion my painting is not much better but in terms of lighting setups what i will say is have a mixture of different lighting so for me i think you need an overhead lamp or light for natural shadow casting to help you pick out shadows and i think i've got led strips on my shelving by my hobby space which gives me white light as well Mm -hmm. so i can switch between sort of a a soft yellow light and a crisp white light which helps me like really pick out where i've over edged or where wash has gone a bit too far but something that you've bought that i really want you to have a chat about which is that headset that you bought the lamp I think it's great. It is a good thing. I'll go over it now because I'll give you my review on it. But uh, going back to what you said with lighting, is you're going to hate me because I must seem like a caveman. I had a desk lamp. And basically, it's a small little lamp that I could charge my phone off that I had to try and balance on the edge of my laptop just to have a little bit of height on it. But the arm of it was always, well, hitting my forehead, basically, because when I had to lean over to get underneath the light, I was like having to lean right in to see what I was doing, because I'm a cheap ass that doesn't really want to be spending a lot of money on gumph that I'm going to be pulling out and putting away. But I'm happy to say... I've upgraded. I've got an LED overhead desk lamp now. It's not it's not one of the, the best ones you can buy. It's for me it's like a trial one. So I've got it plugged in at the moment. It's at hand where I can always pull it out and get on with the job. I've had it above my head, I've lowered it down, you know, to, just to see how bright it is. And it's got a good coverage. It's like a daylight bulb in there. So it's nice and bright. I find it's really good. And if people are looking to test out overhead lights i would suggest either amazon or ebay because they sell them at about 30 quid but what do you want me to talk about is what was it called it's called the eyeglasses bracket it looks like the headset that the opticians give you when they want to test your eyesight so it's basically my i got a headband i got a light on that but there's a clip then for magnifying lenses on there so if you've got a really fine detail job you want to zoom in on they are really good and I wear glasses and I can comfortably sit them just in front of my glasses and still see what I'm doing. So they are really good. And I think it's helped me improve some aspects of my fine detail work. That was cheap as well. I think that was was £10 off eBay as well. But no, lighting is important. But don't go killing yourself over when you're hobbying, painting six inches in front of your face, and then, oh, I've balls this up. When you're gaming, you're going to be four feet away from your model. Yeah. You're not going to see that tiny little bit underneath the bottom of the boot that's facing downwards when you're looking top down on the model. Just remember that. It doesn't have to be perfect. It has to look good for you, nobody else. It's what I call four foot beautiful. If it looks good four feet away, that's all the detail you need to be done. Anything else, that's personal. I'm going to start stealing that, and I'm going to apply that to myself. When I go into work, if I look alright from four feet away, I look alright. Good thing you've got a face for radio and a, a voice for print, really, you know, cause with your job. 
Well, moving swiftly on, that's what I had in uh, hobby chat for this uh, this episode. Hopefully, that's uh, that's given somebody a little bit of an insight on uh, what we do. Like you said, is if people are interested in what we use, like the headband or the like, if they reach out to us on Facebook, I will be more than happy to send them a link. If people wanted to talk about the candy cases that I made, I could happily help them with that as well because they were straightforward and they had to be straightforward if i could do it anybody could do it i think that's everything we need to go over and i think that's the end of the show so guys next time we speak we'll be close to our one year anniversary so guys it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me and remember guys i gotta remember to say this now because beard won't say it because he's a twat tier one (laughs) is for winners tier two is for players but legends are made in tier three Good night, everybody.